You're listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. Let us read this short passage about uh, Paul compares Christianity to running a race and being disciplined. I'm looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. In my Bible, it's page 1746. In your Bible, it's probably very different. But 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Are you there? Are you there in spirit, bagel table? All right, they're there. They're there in spirit. All right. Here, Paul is talking to the Corinthians. He's encouraging them. And he, he compares Christianity to a race. And it says this, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. And Paul knew what he was talking about. Ancient Corinth held biannual Olympic Games in ancient Corinth. And so there was kind of like the Olympic training centers here. There was a lot of athletes in Corinth. Uh, that's where the, some of the Olympic Games were held. And uh, so the, the town knew about the, this idea of, of racing and running and training. And it says this, verse 25, Everyone who competes in the Games goes into strict training. Shh, tell the bagel table to shh back there. <laughs> just kidding we love you i mean but seriously but anyways <laughs> all right verse 25 uh everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training they do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever therefore i do not run like a man running aimlessly i do not fight like a man beating the air no i beat my body I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we we take this moment and recognize you. God, we take this moment and say, God, do with us what you will. God, we want to to run a a spiritual race so as to get the prize. We want to um, uh, spiritually uh, beat our bodies as as to glorify you, to say no to our flesh in order to say yes to you, Jesus. And so, God, as we study the disciplines, this, the Christian life that is disciplined all this month, God, I pray that you will convict us, you will show us, you will make it easy and fun to be disciplined to you and to live a life that is worthy of the prize. And so, God, we do love you and we praise you. And everybody screamed? Amen. 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 There was this guy that lived on top of a platform. This platform was small. Uh, it, it was 60 feet tall. How tall is 60 feet? Like the ceiling or maybe taller? More taller than the ceiling? How about that for good English? More taller than the ceiling. And, uh, and he lived on top of this little platform and he lived there for 35 years. He would haul up his food in a little bucket and then of course uh, he would have to lower back down his waist and he never got down from this little platform on top of this stone pillar. And he was a Christian and he did this living on a pillar in order to um, be in solitude, in order to um, say no to his flesh. He believed God was calling him to live on top of this little platform, this little pillar. 
And the story is, is that uh, one of the stories, apologize if you're still eating your breakfast, this will get a little weird for a second, but uh, at the top of this pillar, he had a rope around his waist, and so he didn't fall off during sleeping or sitting up there. He had a rope around his waist tied to the stone pillar at the top of the platform, and supposedly, I mean, if you wore a rope and never took it off, you'd kind of get bed sores, and so little flies were like in his, in his belly as the rope was tied around. And the story is, is that one of the little flies, and there were some maggots in there, one of the little maggots fell out and he picked it up and he put it back in and he said eat little worm what the lord has given you (laughs) about that for breakfast um this guy's name was simon stylites saint simon stylites he lived in the 400s ad and uh his story is that he um i'll talk about this monastic movement this ascetic movement in a minute but uh simon stylites his name actually means, stylites is a, is a Greek word for pillar. That's his last name. Simon, the pillar guy, is basically what you'd call him today. And he, he moved, he started his, journey, his Christian journey, became a Christian, moved to a monastery to say, no, I'm not going to live in the world. I'm going to live set apart. And so he lived at a monastery. And then in living at the monastery, he said, I want to even further separate myself. So outside the monastery, he lived on top of this platform that was only six feet tall. And he lived there and he was dependent on people to bring him food. And he just lived there and never moved. And then progressively, through the, as the years went by, he lived on higher and higher pillars until that 60-foot pillar at the top, which he lived the last 30 years of his life. And then he died at the top of that pillar in order to be in solitary, in order to be separate from the, the world and to have a more holy, disciplined Christian life. And uh, does anybody else find that a little weird? Polar, the pillar, polar, sitting on a pillar for 30 years. It's kind of weird. But to give him some credit, pilgrims from all over the known world at that time, he's from Syria in the Middle East, what is today Syria at least, pilgrims would would come and make visits to Simon and just to see this guy. I mean, if there was a guy that lived on top of a pillar for the last 30 years, wouldn't you at least want to go see him? Like, is this guy crazy or what? So people would go see him and then Simon would preach and speak to these crowds of people and he won many over to the Lord. So this this idea of this uh, separating yourself and living a very disciplined life was very popular in the 400s AD. And I'll, I'll talk about that in just a second. But first, some announcements. Announcement time. Not too many today. First, uh, we are talking about all this month. It's a new month, new topic. Month of December is the disciplines. We're going to study the disciplined Christian life. And it really goes along with kind of, if you've been going to the mill on Friday nights, David just talked about prayer and then fasting. And next week, Aaron's talking about the, the, the discipline of giving. And it kind of correlates with what we're learning on Friday nights. It's cool how, I think, schedules and, and, and sermons kind of collide like that and pair up with each other. It's pretty cool. Maybe it's like God planned it. That's what I would like to think. Thank you. All right. Uh, so we are talking about disciplines of the Christian faith. I'm going to talk today, obviously. Uh, next week, Daniel Grothy is talking, and he's been reading, uh, maybe some of you have read uh, Celebration of the Disciplines by Richard Foster. He's reading that. He's going to be here next week. The week after that, David Perkins is going to be teaching in most Sunday school. He's going to talk about how to do a Devo, like a very practical lesson. You'll want to be here in two weeks, or in two weeks, yeah. And then the very last Sunday of the month, I'll be back and uh, teaching about the disciplines disciplines, but we are meeting every Sunday this month. There's some Christmas and some Christmas falls on a Thursday. I believe New Year's falls on a Friday. And so Sundays are not, they don't really fall on any of those holidays. So we are meeting every Sunday in the month of December and then on to January. So 
Those are some announcements. Oh, if you're newish, if, you, if today is your very first time and you brave the weather, thank you so much for coming to the Mill Sunday School. Um, we, we do have visitor cards on some of the tables. If you fill those out, then bring them to the nice people on the back. You get a CD. Uh, if, you, if you're new to the Mill, it's the same CD. If you've already got the CD, then you could get another one. But um, So if you're newish, how about that? Is everybody doing good? It's amazing like, there's, that like, the attendance is actually pretty normal. It's like that you can't, you can't hurt the mill Sunday schoolers. You guys are the nerds of the mill, and I love that, and I say that with the deepest respect, and I also am a nerd. So let's dive in and, and talk about the disciplines. Um, the, the first point on your notes, if you got a note card when you came in, that we call it a skillet Sunday school millet, and uh, the first point on there is monasticism and ascetic movement. And these are two vocab words that you probably, maybe you've heard them before. Uh, I know that I hadn't before going into seminary. I learned about these words, found them pretty fascinating. But monasticism is, uh, the root of that word is like, you've heard of a monk, right? A monk. You've heard of uh, the the word uh, mono, like meaning one, single. And it comes from the same root, meaning uh, to be set apart, to be by yourself, to be solitary. So a monk or a nun or someone that is monastic will leave the culture that they're living in and go be solitary by themselves, either whether that means a whole lifestyle or for a time. That's monasticism. Ascetic is, is very similar. Ascetic comes from the Greek ascetis, which means to exercise, to train. Um, it's kind of similar to our word where we get athletic from. Someone who abstains from eating uh, junk food and, and um, whatever kinds of foods, and they only train and eat the best food, and they work out in order to train themselves for competition, like the, pa- the passage we read today. So an ascetic is someone who separates themselves also from the world and, and lives a very disciplined life. And here's why I mention those two vocabulary words, not just to mention big words, although big words are fun, aren't they? Anybody else like big words? Chicks love big words. So guys, learn these big words, and then just throw them out, and then you'll get dates. It's awesome. Um, Trust me, I'm married. Um, that's how I got my wife. Big words. <laughs> okay, um, here's, what I, here's, the, here's why I give you those two words. Um, the ascetic and monastic movement had a huge uh, uh, beginnings in the 400s AD. And here's, here's what happened back then to give you a little church history. Do you guys like church history? Okay. In church history, if you read the book of Acts, were the Christians persecuted in the book of Acts? Oh yeah, they were, they were imprisoned, they were killed, they were beaten, on and on. The early church was very persecuted by the Roman Empire because under the Roman Empire, you were supposed to worship the Roman emperor. If you didn't worship the Roman emperor, then you could be held uh, for treason, it could be killed and imprisoned. And so, uh, on, on and on goes church history, about 250, 300 years of church history until uh, this guy, this uh, emperor named Diocletian, he was... Well, probably the worst uh, two Christians as any emperor was. It was probably the worst persecutions around 310-ish AD, Diocletian, and the, the worst persecutions. And then after Diocletian, the next emperor was a guy named Constantine. Have you heard of him? What did he do? He became a Christian, and he legalized Christianity. So it's like one day you're being persecuted for being a Christian. The next day, the very emperor himself is a Christian and Rome is turning into a Christian nation, a Christian empire. Everybody say, weird. Thank you. 
And so what, imagine yourself being a Christian right before Constantine. Let's say you had some, some family members that may have been killed, let's say, because they were Christians. Let's say you spent some time in jail. And then all of a sudden, the emperor's a Christian. And it's totally free and easy to be a Christian. And everybody and their mom and their dog is becoming a Christian because it's easy. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be a Christian and uh, bring in some of my Roman uh, God beliefs and have some Christianity involved. And if you're a real Christian, a real Christian, before Constantine, you would say, no, that's not Christianity. Christianity means suffering. Christianity means persecution. And so these people that that were the real Christians decided, we need to leave the Roman civilization. We need to leave these cities and go out and be monks, be ascetics, be alone, live with each other in Christian communities, and and have a disciplined lifestyle that has some suffering involved, because that's what it means to be a Christian. And so during the four hundreds, you have the guy like Simon Stylites that I mentioned that lived on top of a pillar for 35 years and other people just living out all by themselves for extended periods of time. And you have things like um, a disciplined lifestyle of the monks. You'd go live at a monastery and there, it's called a rule, like how you live your life and the kind of the rules of, of living at the, it's called a rule. The most popular rule is called the Benedict Rule at that time. And Trappist monks still today still follow this rule. But here's the rule. Here's the disciplined life. Listen to it. At midnight, you would wake up. You would pray. You would confess. You would worship. Then you kind of go back to sleep. And then at 3 a.m., totally in the dark, before, let's say, before candles were invented, which candles didn't get invented until the 1400s, you would wake up in the monastery, meet, other, meet with other monks, and, uh, quote, memorize scriptures. You would chant. And then you, sometimes that meeting would go all the way to the sunrise. But if it didn't, you'd go back to sleep for a short time. And then wake up at 6 a.m. You'd wash up. You'd have a meeting about what you were going to do that day. And then you'd have from 6 to 9 for private reading, uh, personal prayer and devotion. And then from 9 to 12, you would work um, in the fields. You'd work hard. And, and at noon, you would pray, have a meal together with your other monk buddies, and a time of rest until 3 p.m. And then from 3 to uh, dark, you would work out in the fields. And then at 6 p.m., you'd have vespers, which is the evening prayer. Uh, you'd, you'd have some more solitary time. At 9 p.m., you would have the closing night prayer. You'd sleep a little bit, and you'd start it all back over again at midnight. Anybody else do that? <laughs> I do not, by the way. But that was, that was the lifestyle that these very disciplined monks and nuns took in the Middle Ages to get away from culture, to have a disciplined life, because to them, what it, mean, what it meant to be a Christian was persecution. What it meant to be a Christian was suffering. And they took those big ideas and brought them and said, well, if, if, the, if the culture isn't going to make us be persecuted, well, then we're going to discipline and kind of beat our own bodies and live a very disciplined life. And so we are talking about the disciplines this month. I'm going to define a discipline as um, a Christian discipline. If you want to write this definition down, it's a very simple definition that, that I found that lots of people kind of would uh, agree with. Christian disciplines are this, a habit or pattern in your life a habit or pattern in your life, if you want to write this down, you can. A habit or pattern in your life that can be repeat, repeat, that can repeatedly bring you back to God. A habit or pattern in your life that can repeatedly bring you back to God and open you up to God's direction. I think we might have it up there. Yes. Uh, so it's on, it's on the, the boards up here. It's a habit or pattern in your life that can repeatedly bring you back to God and open you up to God's direction. I think Christians throughout the years have found 
disciplines that work for them. Disciplines, some people um, like other disciplines more than others. Um, uh, disciplines, I'll talk about this in a minute more thoroughly, but disciplines uh, do not get you saved. We are not saved by works, but it is a way of opening ourselves up to, to God. It's opening up our desires for him, our awareness of him, um, stripping down barriers, physical barriers, saying no to our flesh in a lot of ways, saying no to what's comfortable, going into incomfortability. Is that a word? Discomfort um, to, to be opened up to what God would have for you. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you at your tables, uh, on every table is one of these. If you're, if you're back and you don't have one of these at the chairs, that's fine. What I want you to do is write a list, list out as many Christian disciplines as you can think of. The table with the most will win. I don't have a prize, but you will be winners if you have the most. And, and so follow the definition. It's a habit or pattern that can be repeatedly be used to bring you back to God and you open you up to God's direction. And it, they, should be, uh, they should be doing words, not acts of being. For instance, selfishness is our selfish, or the selflessness is, is an act, is a being. Like you can be selfless. But the actual discipline would be an active verb, say, giving. Giving would be the discipline, so that I just gave you one. Uh, giving could be a discipline, but sel- selflessness is more of a, a state of being than a doing. So you kind of got it. So they should be all doing uh, action verb words. Um, so, are you ready? The table with the most wins. Or the person in the back. If you're, if you're by yourself, you can just write as many as you can. But uh, ready, get set, Go. i 
Alright, let me just give you 60 more seconds to uh, hammer out some. 60 seconds. How many do you have? Time, you still frantically writing more time? Okay, I'll give you a little more time. NBD. So they should all be uh, active verb words, not uh, like uh, being kind of words. Uh, drinking coffee would be a good verb word, but that is not a discipline, just in case any of you put that down. Um, it's like, oh, that's not one. Um, all right, how many tables have more than five? Lots of, oh, easy. How many tables have more than ten? Ten. More than 15 or more? Oh, wow. So this little section over here, there's three tables. More than 16? You guys do? Does anybody else have more than 16? Oh, how many do you guys have? They, they have 20, they say. <laughs> Check it. Bring it up. Just kidding. Here's, uh, the, so this group wins. They're, give them a hand for winning. They did win. Um, I have, uh, I, I had all week to think about this and the use of the internet and Google and books and things. And I, I came up with 26 of them. I know I'm a pro. That's what I, that's what I do for a living. Um, <laughs> literally. Um, I, and I classified them. If you want to write some of these down, we're going to put them up on the board. Obviously it's going to be, if you decide to write them all down, it'll be a lot of writing, but I've, I've separated them out into three different, um, subcategories internal, external, and corporate. And, and what I did is, uh, and it wasn't me who did this, I found other lists that, that composed it this way as well. Internal spiritual disciplines would be ones that you do all by yourself. There isn't anyone else involved. It's just totally you and God. So those are the internal disciplines. And I think I have the most internal disciplines. External disciplines um, involve someone else or another group of people in some way. So it's probably you and someone else. It just involves others in some way. And you'll see some of these that 
I wrote down. And then finally, corporate disciplines, the disciplines that we do as we do corporately all together. Like when we get in a, a group of Christians or when we gather together, what do we do that, that could be classified as a discipline? So the first category is internal Christian disciplines. Um, the first one that I list, probably all of you had this one. How many of you had prayer? Prayer as probably the most popular Christian discipline, a, a time set aside to pray. Um, how many of you, uh, because David Perkins talked about it on Friday, put down fasting? Yes, fasting is awesome. Fasting, either food or something um, to, at, at a time to, to draw yourself closer to God and say no either to your body or no to, uh, let's say, movies. If you fast movies or internet or whatever you decide to fast, uh, it's, it's saying no to some things to, you could say yes to God. Um, let's see, how many of you put meditation so a couple of you did. Excellent. Meditation is, uh, is probably different than praying because it has more to do with listening and quieting yourself. But just a word about meditation, you know, Eastern religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, when they say meditation, what they really are meaning and talking about is to become nothing. And that's the great goal of, say, Hinduism, is that at the end of this life, we will someday become nothing. Isn't that awesome? Like, that's the goal, because there's suffering on this world. Uh, and the whole goal of humanity is someday, if you're good enough in different lives, you will become nothing. And so meditation in a Buddhist or a Hindu, an Eastern tradition, is to become nothing. Whereas we have a God that we worship. Our meditation isn't, it, it can be a quieting of our spirit, a quieting of our mind. But the goal of meditation is for us not to become nothingness. Our goal is to get closer with God. So there is a, there is a bit of a difference with Christian meditation as an Eastern meditation. Um, let's see. How many of you put solitude? Anybody? Spending time alone by yourself. Luke 4.42 says that Jesus would get up in the morning and go to a solitary place. Uh, Luke 9.28 says, uh, I guess it's not totally solitary, but he took Peter, James, and John to a mountain uh, to just be by themselves, just to pray. And so the act of solitude, being by yourself, whether it's for a couple hours or a day or an extended period of time, is a discipline. Um, How many of you put this one? I, I bet... Maybe not that many of you. How many of you put praying in tongues? Anybody? I thought of that one uh, earlier this week. And I thought, as, as charismatics, how many of you heard the term prayer language? In 1 Corinthians, maybe I'll turn to it, 1 Corinthians 14, 28. And, and by the way, if, this, if, if tongues and spiritual gifts is new to you, we will have a whole month in March where we talk about um, Christian uh, gifts of the Spirit. But there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 28 that says, um, it's just a one-liner, let's see. Uh, let's see, let's actually start in verse 27. It, it talks about speaking in tongues in a, in a general assembly. And if, if someone speaks in tongues, two or at the most three should speak one at a time, and then someone must interpret. So the, the, here the gift of tongues is someone speaking in an unknown language, but then God gives someone else a spiritual interpretation. It's like, I know what they just said, and, and they speak it out. But then verse 28 says this, if there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church, and, and but speak 
speak to himself and to God. And so the charismatics uh, that believe in the gifts of the Spirit for today would take that verse, like I do, and, and would say that that is, it, where, while it doesn't actually have the term prayer language like some of us use, we would say, well, that's what this is. If there's no interpreter or if you're by yourself, you can still speak tongues to yourself and to God. And so that act of Praying in tongues or speaking in tongues could be a spiritual discipline. Anybody do that? Like have a time of speaking in tongues? Okay, a couple of you. All right, great. Um, so let's talk about solitude. One of my favorites is uh, study, like scripture study. Did anybody else put that? Any nerds in here? Yes. It was one of my, one of my favorites. I just like it. It's, it's sitting down and... And reading scripture in such a way that I'm, I'm researching and, and finding out about when it was written and having fun with the passage and going deeper. That's, that's more study. Um, uh, the, the next one is memorization of scripture. Anybody like to memorize scripture? It's a unique kind of, not too many people like it. It's, it's usually hard, but it, uh, memorization of scripture could be a discipline. Maybe you set aside time a week or you're going through a passage and memorizing it. Um, the, this next one is called Lecto Divina. Has anybody heard of it? I mentioned that to Sunday school people and they'd all just looked at me like I was crazy. You've heard of it? It is, it's a Latin for um, a lecta, light, giving, shedding light, in the divine. Is that right? Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> it's a Latin phrase. And it, what you would, you've probably, how many of you have heard of uh, praying through the scriptures? We've all heard of that. And that's really what Lecto Divina is, kind of. Um, you would read scripture, read it once and twice, and just choose a passage and meditate on it. Pray through that passage. Read it, reread it, uh, open yourself up to God. It's, it's not studying it. It's not just reading it. It's reading it with a very open spiritual eyes and ears as you read, and you're very slow about it, and you're very... M- meditative about the passage. And so that's Lecto Divina. Uh, next one is praise, thanksgiving, setting aside time to, to give praise, give thanks. The next one is um, rest or Sabbath is the next one, which is out of all the disciplines, that's the one that's like, the, all the disciplines are doing something. And the rest or Sabbath is the lack of doing anything. And I think I'm going to talk about this one uh, when I speak next time at the end of this month. And then finally, uh, silence or, or, or kind of a part of solitude, just taking time and maybe taking a vow of silence. Has anybody ever done that before? Taking a vow of silence? A couple of people have. Uh, and so that, that's kind of cool. Not talking, um, I guess. <laughs> Would be awesome. Especially if you're like in a crowded place, you're at school. It's like, hey, what's up, man? So, how's it going? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> have to have a sign or something vow of silence oh, okay gotcha all right anyways um i'm rambling now okay so those are all internal those are all ones that you would do totally by yourself uh just probably you and god and potentially those are the ones that uh maybe no one else would know if you fasted no one else would know if you were meditating or praying because it's just you and god these next ones um external this list i have i have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve external ones and these in some way involve others for example the first one service to others taking time and uh just being a servant and doing something 
for others, for the community, so on. Uh, the next one, evangelism. Did anybody put that as a discipline? Oh, great. A couple of people did. Uh, to do, taking time and uh, sp- spreading the faith, talking to others about Christianity. The next one, uh, simplicity or frugality. This one potentially could belong in the internal ones. I was kind of unclear. Uh, is, is like, does it really involve others? Like, it's the act of um, not spending a lot of money, being frugal with what you have, being a good steward of what you own. And um, so that, that could be a spiritual discipline. Stewardship, kind of going along with the next one, um, very similar. I guess that probably all could have been one. The next one, quietness or silence. That one also like the, the one, so I guess I, maybe I don't really have 26 because some of these are kind of repeated in different ways. The quietness, silence, I think we already talked about that. In some ways could involve others because you'd be in, present, but you wouldn't be talking. The next one, tithing, giving a tenth of the money that you make to uh, a church or a nonprofit um, unto God. And then um, giving could be potentially different than tithing. A tithing could be a regular pattern, like say your paycheck comes in and you give a tenth to some sort of charity or to God or to the local church. Um, giving uh, could be different. You could you know, just have this attitude of giving it and give at certain times. Um, that could be different than tithing. Submission to Christian authority, um, could be a discipline, accountability, meeting with a group of accountability people and talking about your life could be a discipline. Guidance slash mentoring, if you have a mentor or, or if you are a mentoree. Is that the word? Mentee? Mint? Mentoree? Anyways, um, that could be, if you're, if you're regularly meeting with them, that could be a discipline. And finally, um, you all's favorite chastity or celibacy could be a discipline. You could live the rest of your life as unto the Lord, dedicate your life as a discipline, um, not get married or have sex. So that's, that's a really fun one. Uh, let's see. Okay, so that's all the X. Ex- those involve people, others in some way. Uh, and then finally, so it's probably, it's kind of you and somehow involving others. And then these last, I have four under corporate and uh, th- these are meeting together. So, for instance, the discipline of worship. When we, uh, when we meet together corporately, we worship together. And I guess you could do that by yourself as well as, a, as an internal discipline. Say, listening to worship CDs in your car or something. It could be a very, uh, an internal discipline. The next one, celebration. Coming together and celebrating what God has done. We do that a lot. Um, and meeting together, I think just meeting together could be a discipline. Taking time out of your week to meet together, even on a snowy Sunday morning, meeting together. You're doing one of the disciplines right now since you're here. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> and, and finally, confession, corporate confession. When you, when you say prayers together, confessing uh, corporate sins um, it could be a discipline. So th- that's my list, the list that I came up with. Your list could be different than that. You could have ones that I didn't have. Um, uh, you could have listed them differently if you were putting together your list. In fact, if I was to go back over, I'd probably switch around a few things now that I'm talking about them more. But And so there's no like set list. There's no like turn to... Ha- Hezekiah 9.10 for the list of disciplines. There's no like list in the Bible of Christian disciplines. Once again, to define it, um, I, I use the definition a habit or a pattern in your life that can repeatedly bring you back to God and open you up to God's direction. And so all of these, in some way, do that. And I just want to mention that um, I think the next point on your notes is that we are not saved 
by works. I think the point is uh, not saved by the disciplines. Um, that, that this doing, the doing of our faith is not what saves us. I was watching some YouTube blogs. They're called V-blogs or video blogs. Does anybody else do that? Have like some people you video blog and watch? It's kind of fun. And I was, I was, I, I was video, watching this video blog of a Christian and then this atheist responded to this Christian. It was kind of mean and, um, to this Christian. So I went to this atheist V-blog, video blog, and just started watching some of his, his things. And he just was going on and on about how Christians will never be happy because the Christian religion... And so there, here's this atheist thinking that the Christian religion is because Christians have to be good enough to go to heaven. And so Christians will never be happy because they're always trying to be good and they believe in a God that will damn them if they're not good enough. And I just thought, that is totally the opposite of what we believe as Christians. We don't believe that you in any way have to be good enough to get to heaven. We believe that you, you have to accept Jesus Christ for the redemption of your sins, that we've all sinned. The verse, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, and yet we need to, we need to come to Jesus, and Jesus takes away our sin. We don't have to be good enough for heaven. And so I wanted to like create my own V-log and then respond to his V-log, um, but I didn't. But... Uh, yeah, I was just, I, I think too many people think that. that Non-Christians as well as many new Christians think, oh, I have to be in some way good enough for God, good enough to get to heaven. And that's not at all. We don't do the disciplines. We don't live a disciplined life. We don't be good in order to go to heaven. We do those things. We are good. We do disciplines. We discipline our life to be open to God, to glorify him, not to get to heaven. So you're not in any way saved by the disciplines, but you can use the disciplines for what they um, are intended to be used for, to open you up to God, to, to listen to him, to uh, live your life uh, that's good. And a good life is glorifying to God. And so um, I just want to share a word about um, uh, kind of this, this thought that if you, do, if you are having a disciplined life, there's this tendency to uh, think you're really better than you are. For example, Jesus in John chapter 6 um, talks about how to pray. Let me find it. Matthew chapter 6. This is a part of a greater sermon series that Jesus spoke called the uh, Sermon on the Mound um, sermon series. <laughs> That's funny, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Sermon series? It's kind of. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see, Matthew chapter 6, I'm starting in verse 5, and, and Jesus says, and when you pray, so I'm looking at Matthew 6, verse 5, Jesus says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, they love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full, but when you pray, go to your room, close the door, Pray to your heavenly Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not go on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Um, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So Jesus is rebuking hypocrites, he calls them, that will stand out on the street and make these big long prayers. Listen, everybody, I'm, I'm praying. Aren't I really spiritual? Jesus said they've, re- they've received their reward in full. They've received the attention that they in full. But when you pray, 
Go, go pray, just you and the Father, and he will reward you. And then Jesus does, says the same thing about fasting, a similar thing, excuse me, about fasting. Going down to verse 16, Matthew six sixteen says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. They, they disfigure their faces and to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward. But when you fast, put lotion on yourself, wash your face so that it is not obvious that you are fasting. And, and I think... I know that I've been guilty before of maybe fasting one day and then someone offers me candy or a little, you know, something. And instead of just saying, no, thank you, I always you know, have to throw in like, oh, no, I can't. I'm fasting today. And, and uh, because I'm fasting today, I couldn't possibly eat your candy because I'm fasting. If you didn't hear, I mentioned that I'm fasting today. Um, and it may not be like that, but it's, I know that I've just kind of, I, I know that I've, I've fasted and, and let it be known. Or I know that I've had prayer times and then kind of announced that I just had a really great prayer time and trying to get some sort of spiritual credit for these disciplines. And, and that's not at all what it's about. Jesus actually refers to that as hypocrisy, that you're, you know, you're doing something unto the Lord, but then you're, you're showing off with it in some way. And, and so that, that's not what the disciplines, about, the disciplines are about. The disciplines are also not about some sort of superstition that if you, you, know, do, if you, if you fast or if you pray a certain amount of time, then God will bless you. And if you, let's say you wake up and you're running late and you don't have your quiet time that day, then you're going to get in a car crash because you didn't have your quiet time today and some sort of like a superstition about the disciplines. I know that as a kid, I, I grew up Catholic and uh, I always preface my Catholic stories by saying that I love Catholics and there's a lot of them that are really cool and saved and um, I'm not a Catholic hater. I grew up Catholic and in Sunday school, I think it's probably like a six-year-old, seven-year-old or something like that, our Sunday school lesson was on the rosary. Do you know what a rosary, rosary is? So like if you just saw it, you'd think it's, oh, it's a beaded necklace with a cross on the end. There's beads all the way around it. Then there's a couple beads in the cross. And I was, the Sunday school teacher handed them out to all of us. And of course, I saw it. I'd never seen a rosary before. And I was interested in it. It looked like a necklace. So what did I do? I put it on my neck. And when the Sunday school teacher saw me with the rosary around my neck, she freaked out. She, she was like, oh, dear God. And she like... <laughs> Oh, he didn't know, Lord. Oh, Joe, take it off as quick as you can. Oh, God, he didn't know. Have mercy on him. And I was like, oh, God, what did I do? Um, and as a little kid, I was like, I'm cursed forever because I put on the rosary. And <laughs> it was, I was just like, I don't know. What, what did I do? I thought it was a nap. I thought she was handing out necklaces. And I was like, sweet, necklace. Um, but it wasn't. And, and to the Catholics, they, they, the, the idea behind the rosary is really cool, I think. It's a, remi- it's a daily reminder of prayer. You pr- pray through different prayers and uh, keep track of them kind of in order. And then, uh, so it's a, it's a ring of, of beads. You keep track of your prayers throughout the day. And then there's a set of beads going down and you remember Christ's life, different points of Christ's life. And then pray forgiveness over yourself, the cross at the bottom. So it's a cool idea to keep track of prayers throughout the day. The idea is cool, but there's so much superstition involved with the rosary itself that I think the, that it's, it's lost its, it's in some way lost, in, in my opinion, is all of what I know of the rosary. It's lost its, its value in bringing you to Christ. And it itself is like this holy little thing that is, is holy on its own. And it's not. What makes that holy is it's a reminder for prayer, not, a, not the superstitious relic kind of thing. And so for whatever that's worth, uh, what the discipline should be is um, 
is a, is a way of life. And so this last point, I just want to close with, um, be disciplined with self is this last point. And, and, and that, I just kind of wanted to go back to this idea that, that, that the disciplines are not in any way to, for, for you to point to someone else and say, oh, you're not praying, oh, you're not reading your Bible regularly, then you're a bad person. It's, it's not about someone else. It's not about looking at someone else saying, oh, your life isn't measuring up because you're not, uh, ha- you don't have a disciplined life. But it should, I think we can look at our own life and say, is my life disciplined? And, and ask yourself that question, is there discipline in your life or do you just do what you want to do whenever you want to do it? Are you a part of this world and all of its pleasures? Or do you abstain from some things and discipline your life and have, have periods of time where you're open to God and, and, and whatever that may mean? Um, I, I appreciate that David Perkins, he spoke at the mill on Friday about fasting. He did not in any way tell us how to fast. Tell us, okay, here's what you need to do when you fast. You need to fast food for a 24-hour period, and you could only drink water, and that 24-hour period has to start in the morning and go till morning. Like, it's not about that. It's not about the mechanics. On the back of your skillet, there's a quote by a really cool guy named Richard Foster. He wrote a book called Celebration of the Disciplines. Very popular book. And How many of you have read Celebration of the Disciplines? It's a pretty popular book. He said this about the mechanics of the disciplines. To know the mechanics does not mean that we are practicing the disciplines. And then it says this, the, st- the spiritual disciplines are an inward and spiritual reality, and the inner attitude of the heart is far more crucial than the mechanics of coming into the reality of the spiritual life. So it's not about the mechanics. It's not about how long you fasted for, or if you ate uh, some juice or did not drink juice. It's not about, oh, you had uh, jamba juice. That fast doesn't count. Well, sure, it, there's, the mechanics are just the mechanics. The reason for doing, say, fasting or setting aside a time for prayer is, is your, your heart condition. And it's your heart that's opened up to God by using the mechanics. Let the mechanics of the disciplines be used for your inner self, for your, for your inner being and your spiritual life, not just for the mechanics in and of themselves. And so I would just encourage you, um, I've talked kind of about, you know, exaggerated disciplines, like the guy that lived on the pillar for 30 years. Exaggerated disciplines of, you know, pointing to someone else saying, oh, your life isn't lining up because it's not disciplined. But I would encourage you, look through the list. Some of you I know wrote down the list of disciplines. And maybe there are some of them that you've never tried. Maybe you've never tried fasting. Maybe you've never tried meditation or lecto divino, reading a passage of scripture over and over again and with, with a prayerful attitude. Maybe you've never tried those things before. I would encourage you, try one, pick one, do it. But try to make it a habit. Part of the discipline is making it a regular occurrence. Like we defined a discipline, that, that, one, that first piece is a habit or pattern in your life that can repeatedly bring you back to God and, and, and open you up for God's direction. Um, I heard a quote that says it takes 21 days to, to make a habit in your life. And so I would say, if you're going to try one of these disciplines, say meditation or a time of prayer or a time of study, to, for, it's almost like you need to force yourself for a season for, for say, 21 days, as the quote says, to, to form this pattern, to form this regularity in your life so that your life is disciplined and so that you're, you're more open to God and more open to his will, more open to his being aware of what he's doing. So, disciplines. All right, let's pray. 
God, we do thank you for these, these disciplines. The, we thank you for the mechanics of, of doing these things that we've listed out this morning in such a way that, that we can open ourselves up to you, that you've given us these tools almost as, as ways of, of quieting ourselves, of, of saying no to this world, but yes to the spiritual world, yes to you, yes to you, Jesus. God, allow us, show us new tools in our life. Allow us to, to use these tools. Help us to use them accurately. Help, the, help us to use them with efficiency. God, don't, don't help us to, to not see them as just the mechanics or to see them as, as things that we have to do or to get superstitious about any of the disciplines. But show us a correct understanding of a disciplined life. God, we want to live our lives to, to, to you. We want to give you all the glory that, that is in our lives. We want to live for you, Jesus. And so we worship you. We praise you. God, we leave here in joy knowing that we are saved by, by your son, Jesus. And it doesn't matter what we do, that you love us. But because you love us, we want to turn to you with a, a life that reflects you and is glorifying to you. So we love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, my friends. Got like a half hour before big church starts. It's going to be Ross Parsley and Brady Boyd speaking today. You don't want to meet it. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you over there. Peace out. (laughs) Thank you.